0: of the past, present, and future. Hands down, there is no better way to get your film fix than at this legendary historic theater. Visit www.roxy.com That's com today for showtimes and tickets.
1: Everybody should listen to me at fm, it's a great place to listen to crazy things
2: Right on, right on. Welcome everybody. Give it up for yourselves for making it here. Come on now, come on, come on. Uh, this show is Jenner Davis, Davis's stand-up tragedy, and what this show is about is the art that you see around you. So give it up for all this beautiful, crazy stuff. You know, I'm not gonna take too much away from it all because all the comics that are coming up here tonight are gonna speak about the art, but. I'm gonna just profile this person like an FBI agent and just lock him up now. I'm serious, man. Like I, I own bunnies. You see this bunny up here? It's a bunny, and then it's no, it's not. <laughs> that's scary. That's like the worst superpowers. just only have like invis- like vision to see through bunnies, it would scare everybody. It would scare you. And then I think that's a burden. You guys think it's a burden? Part, well, yes, thank you for pointing out the obvious. I don't see wings or a body and feet. All right, so it's a beak. It's a beak. It's about the struggle. But this one really caught my face right here. That's like an ex-girlfriend right there. (laughs) Right there. Her dad owns a landscaping company. That's why they have a machete. Wow. Not because it looks like Dia de los Muertos or anything. I'm just saying there's some landscaping going on there. And the snake and the hair. Man, that's Medusa stuff, right? Do I get the... Is that a god or an evil demon? One of those things? All right, fuck you guys. This is great. This ain't the clean show, man. This is the Jenner Davis's stand-up tragedy, everybody. Give it up for yourselves. Come on. Come on. I, like... I, myself, like this crazy kind of art that's, like, off the wall. And my first time coming here, I got to be introduced to the art of the bathroom. It's its own fucking piece in there. All right, that's your DUI test. If you can stand and not not fall over while pissing, you're fucking cool. All right? Disco lights are awesome in some places. That's not one of them. It's not. It's It's like reality in there, and you come out here, and you feel safer, and it's supposed to be the other way around. I like that we're in San Francisco, so clearly anyone can use that bathroom, whatever the fuck you identify with. There's not even a sign on it. That's how progressive that bathroom is, right? Right, I, I think we need to stop labeling bathrooms at all, except for number one and number two. I don't care what's going on. Seriously, my wife's like, we need to do redo some stuff to our house. I was like, what? Said, we need another bathroom. Why? So you can shit in there. <laughs> and that's when I had this epiphany. No, no one wants to be around anyone shitting anyway. So. It, just put us all in one area. We'll all be shamed together. We'll all get out and be like, Indian food? <laughs> Indian food. <laughs> hey, bro. Like, you know, like when you snore and people constantly tell you, you will sleep apnea and you get a fucking machine. <laughs> you know? Could you imagine shit next to someone? Like, bro, you need to add fiber to that diet. <laughs> like, people just nosy. And this is like, this is a medical condition, people. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. Hey, we have a lot of great comics tonight. Everybody give it up. Your next comic. He came here, graced us with his appearance all the way from New York. Everybody, please give it up for Mr. Tommy McGuire.
3: All right. Thank you very much. All right. This is a uh, tragedy-themed uh, show. And uh, I don't have any jokes about tragedy, but just a good 11 minutes of you guys withstanding such a thing. Um now I do I, uh, I I don't know I'm, a, I'm a, a white guy from the suburbs like tragedy didn't really hit me too too hard you know I kind of had to leg up from the get go and then um, I fell out of high school <laughs> and got that leg right back down I uh, here's a tragic uh, tale I once uh, I once got beat up on rollerblades by a cop and I'm not using rollerblades as like some metaphor for ecstasy or some slang, even though that would make sense since it's rollerblading and ecstasy are two things gay dudes love to do. But um, now I got beat up by a cop on rollerblades and uh, I think that's when I started overcompensating for everything in my life. Um, I uh, turned 37, so that's tragic to me. Can't grow sideburns yet. And you tell me there's a God, <laughs> fuck out of here. I can't grow up. Anyway, I uh, turned 37, and, uh, you know, 30 years, you, you learn a lot. You know, there's a lot of lessons to be had, and a lot of times you're surprised by them. Um, I'd say, like, the biggest shock I, uh, I, I experienced growing up was um, going to my grandmother's funeral, and um, people were sad. <laughs> what? She ruined my mom. Are you kidding me? She was up. She was the
2: first person to call me a fag.
3: She told me, in quotes, "You smoke like a faggot." I don't like using that word on stage or off stage, but that's a direct quote from that awful lady. Oh, sorry, my family. It's just like I'm killing it. <laughs> Like, this right now is, like, one of the greatest things anyone in my family's ever done. <laughs> Look around. <laughs> the bar is set low. I, um, well, it's one of the tragic things I want to get. I got beat up by a cop on Roller Blades. Oh, uh, this is a fun one. This this happened here probably about, I don't know, uh, maybe six years ago or so. I was a, I was a bouncer over at Pops for a long time and definitely different couple bars and, you know, uh, I'm kind of dated in that scene, that dive bars and all this, and uh, I met this this really wonderful girl, uh, younger than me, but not, like, super young, but just really cute and pretty, uh, really smart, and if by going by uh, antiquated um, system, she was, like, a solid five. But, um, I fucked up when I joke up. Uh, she's as smart as she was pretty, and by going by antiquated standards, she was a solid five. Eh, we, can, we can cut that in post, right? All right, good. Um... I mean, she was really cool and, like, super pretty, but she was a like a new wave hippie. Um, which is cool. She's from San Francisco. I expect that stuff, you know. Um, but she had she a... Had, uh, she carried around those crystals with her. You know, that fucking huge red flag and you can hold in your pocket. And I didn't want to, like... That's your belief system. That's your thing. That's cool. It doesn't hurt me that you believe in all this stuff and all those magical powers and all that. If it helps you, cool. Um, she once put... An $80 rock in my left hand and she's like, no, close your eyes. Do you feel it? Oh, you're so lucky. You're cute. And like, cause no, I didn't feel anything. Like, it was just, okay, but it's fine. Uh, it was anyways, it was a short relationship. Maybe like three weeks, you know, and um, you know, I guess it's called ghosting now. We just lost contact and about uh, six weeks later, uh, I'm finishing a shift at Pops. I'm counting money and I get it. She calls me on my phone. And I can't answer. I'm like, oh, Jen, why are you doing that? I shouldn't read your real name. Anyhow, uh, Mike, whatever. Uh, I can't talk to you now. And then I get a text from her. I'm counting money. I'm trying to, like, focus on that. And um, the exact tex- text was, uh, hey, so I'm pregnant. Obvi, going to take care of it. Frowny face. Not an emoji, just frowny face. Now, I don't know a lot about tact, but when you tell me we've made a person and that we're gonna take care of it, leave the emojis out of it, please. <laughs> um, but I, and I'm not trying to virtual signal here, but uh, I did what I believe every uh, guy in that situation should do. I called her and I said, what do you need me to do? What can I do? How can I help or just be there? Like, what? okay, it's your decision I'm, you know. When we're in San Francisco, everyone's pro-choice. All right. Uh, so she just said, I don't know, man, just, uh, you know, let's talk. We'll hang out. And, uh, I did that, spent some time with her. And, uh, so she's, she's going the, the pill route, which is, a I mean, it's all brutal, but it's like a really brutal, uh, uh route to go. And, uh, the day before she's like, all right, well just stay with me the night. Uh, we're going to stay at my parents' house. They're not going to be there. Don't worry. Uh, just stay the night. Um, you know, sex is out of the question. And uh, just, you know, just be around. Like, all right, I'll be a good dude. I want to be a, a, a solid person, a decent person. Uh, her, her parents' uh, apartment is also called uh, the Four Seasons. They rent an apartment at the Four Seasons year-round in San Francisco. When they're not staying at the Plaza Hotel, the Home Alone 2 fucking goddamn hotel in New York when they're not spending time in their property in Miami. She was a trust fund kid, and this is how I found out. (laughs) And I found out by terminating my anchor baby. (laughs) I almost had a hookup into a different tax bracket, man. (laughs) That's the tragedy, like she had to go through some shit and God bless her, she's a trooper and God bless her, would have been six year old, but Jesus Christ, I could have changed my whole life, man. I never pulled out ever again. <laughs> oh. I, uh, I I said this in another set. This is a really an important uh, weekend for me being here for Mutiny Comedy. Fest. This is where I started. This is a, the stage used to be right there. I, I I wandered in. I wanted to do comedy, and I saw uh, a Josh Halub uh, going up there doing his song and dance at open mic. He was just kind of you know it was fine, but I was like I'm funnier than that, and I came up. You know, as you do when you're an idiot. Uh, I came up on the spot. Like, it was literally, I think, right here. I came up with my very first joke I ever told on stage. Um, And it was a true story and all that. And um, there's a postscript to it now. So I want to, this is is my real tragedy, my real uh, existential crisis I've had. So my mom made a habit when I was living out here of on my birthday, she would get me uh, edible bouquets. As you do for your 35-year-old grown-ass son. Sure. She was a secretary her whole life. She doesn't understand presents very well. And it shipped. And it was delicious. It was fine. But it was, like, kind of the worst gift. Like, But it made me think of the greatest gift I was ever given on my birthday. And uh, I was 18 years old. And um, my parents, you know, I got, like, a probably a video game or something like that. But then the real present was uh, they gave me this letter that my uh, birth mother wrote to them explaining the, the family health history and uh, the reasons for the adoption and all that stuff. Uh, and it was a very, very, very heavy um, night. You know, like when I'm reading that, I'm crying. It's like filling this hole that was there. and It was very, it was really important to me, you know. And uh, it got down to uh, the part where she, talking about the possible baby daddies. And this, that was plural because it was 1979 and mommy was partying. Um and there was uh, three possible candidates. Um, one short, kind of round Irish guy, um, very white. Uh, another Irish guy, um, just another just nondescript white guy. Because they're all short and kind of like thick. And then uh, the third guy was a Syrian guy. Um, and I was like, "That's it. That's got to be my dad." And uh, I'll say it's the greatest gift ever. It's just. There's no greater gift you can give an 18-year-old Wigger than proof that he's not fully white. <laughs> I'm just like, Yes! I knew it! I'll like come along, yeah. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was a pretty joke I wrote and then um this uh most recent birthday, uh, my mom uh, got me a DNA test. And uh, I think you know where this is going. So, I, I swab it in there, and like for 20 years, well, 19 years, 18 to 37, for for eight, 19 years, I've been, you know, thinking that I was half Syrian, you know, um, thinking I had something little, a little spice in my milk, you know? And um got this DNA, and I sent it out, get it back, and uh, I'm whiter than the driven fucking snow, man. It's just Scottish, Irish, and Scottish again. It's just... It's just—it was heartbreaking, man. Not that I wanted to be Syrian; I just didn't want to be white. I had—I had a great closing joke. Well, I wouldn't call it great, but it's like I'm half Syrian, I'm half Irish. To live up to my heritage, I just get hammered every night and bomb frequently. You know, it could save a shit set. It's a, a hack premise, but hey. Um, but yeah, it's not even so much like lying to my friends all this time like hey man watch what you say around me i'm half syrian i was lying to myself and that has been my greatest tragedy guys thank you so much my name is tommy mcguire jr please give it up for your host
2: tommy mcguire yeah that's great that's great uh, any guys parents here have children any of that kind of stuff No, I look... I mean, I just wonder, because I I look... Yeah, whatever. look around the art on this wall, and I go, yep, I see this shit all the time. (laughs) No, I got... We all want to tell your kids, like, everything they do is great, it's so wonderful, but it's not. You know, and if you keep telling them that, that's how American Idol made it into our lives. Okay, that's what I blame on it. You, You need to be blunt with your kids every once in a while. Not everything's the best. Thank you. Yeah, you know, you you could do it subtly. Like what I like to do is, uh, well, my daughter came home and this piece was dope, and I was like, oh my gosh, I see like this Japanese influence, these blossoms right here, these are great, and I was like, I'm getting a frame for this, I'm getting a frame, I'm like fuck the fridge, everybody, I'm getting a frame, I'm gonna hang this up, I'm, like proud of this, and it it was, it was great, it was great, and she appreciated, and I was like, man, how, what were you doing at school this day? She's like, we were painting with two-liter soda bottles. It's fucking awesome, man. Like I'm, not, I'm like, wow. I, I wouldn't do that. Why would you guys? Why did you guys do that? And she's like, there's not a lot of brushes in the art area, and we all had to pick a medium, and we were given these different things, and I was like, dude, so that's cool. And you know, you try to be supportive, but then I, when I left for this to come do this, my wife's like, hey, kids, I'm gonna go work out. Just, you know, do what you're doing. And my daughter's watching Project Runway. Okay? Not a bad show. So she's, my wife goes up, works out. A few minutes go by, whatever. My wife's done running, stretching. My daughter comes up there and goes, Mom, surprise, what do you think? And she went out into her mom's uh, fabric area with clothes, and she designed, like, this whole dress, like, within, like, seconds, right? Give it up. Like, having... Yeah, do, that's that's awesome. That's awesome. Except for, like, it was like she did it with, like, stolen shit. It's like being proud of your son that's an artist but uses spray paint on someone else's wall, right? Like, it was stealing. She stole everything but made it all. And she's like, how are you even holding it together with a stapler? And and I'm like, oh, that's pretty awesome. She's like, you can't wear this anywhere. You could staple together. What would you do? And she goes, I'd carry a stapler. What did you say? You know, if it, you just... the strap breaks no big deal and so they're telling me about this as they call me because this is a big deal right yeah please call me about the big stuff only and uh i went honey it sounds like it's just a prototype trip stop tripping (laughs) you want it to be functional and everything it was like a project one-way challenge they edit that show all right she got her piece out hella quick super proud of her man super proud of her because one thing they found out is um a lot of times women are, women are least likely to take risks, A because they're smarter, and B because they don't have any false confidence that is like genetically given to white men. <laughs> all right? We all think we're important. And women don't have that. and I, I, we're, we're, my wife's complaining about this, that my daughter did this. And my buddy, he's from around here, he works at Pixar, he's like, we just had a meeting about this, about and took so much joy in hearing this, because it was about feminism and, and all this, and he was hearing stories, he's like, to see that you guys are producing a kid that's just gonna break rules and go past boundaries for their vision, that's great. And then I said, and it's also annoying because she does needs to learn how to clean up her shit when she's done and not get caught. because like, either she's gonna be like revolutionary and change society forever or be a dope ass criminal. but <laughs> don't get caught. pick your shit up. pick your shit up. All right, everybody. Our next comic, coming to the stage. All right, which one am I calling? Them, Rebecca or Tommy. Who wants to go up? I mean, not Tommy. Rebecca, Rebecca or is Isaac. Is she? Rebecca, you down? Oh, everybody, please give it up for Lady New York, Miss Double R, Miss B to the double C, A, Miss Rebecca Rush, everybody, give it up!
4: This is nice and intimate. I think I'm just gonna tell a few stories. Stand-up tragedy is the theme, right? Okay, that's what every, all my stories are like that. But I'm like, this is how I deal with it, by talking about it like this. I met, uh, I don't know why I'm doing that. I met a kid named Justice a few weeks ago, but it was spelled just us, which is the quickest way anybody's ever told me his mother's an alcoholic. Uh, He was the kind of guy that would have gone to this bar I used to work at. So feminism to me, it took me like a long time to figure out even what I thought it meant because at first I was just like afraid of it. And then one summer I stopped shaving my armpits and I'm like, that's what it means, (laughs) you know? And then I stopped, that was the same summer I stopped wearing deodorant because I was like, I don't want to put any chemicals in my body that don't show me a good time. And, uh, but then I went and got a job at like one of those like waterfront bro bars. Like it was just under a bridge, but I was supposed to like wear a tank top, but I wasn't allowed to because of my horrible armpits. You know, so I just, like, wear a T-shirt and be mad about it. And I was also drinking that summer, and I am an alcoholic. Um, Alcoholism does not run in my family, but it falls down the stairs. (laughs) And, like, lays there in a Minnie Mouse nightgown with his bush hanging out. Like, And so... (laughs) But then I got booked to perform at Smith College. Do you guys... You heard of Smith College? It's an all-female college in Northampton, Mass., which is an all-female town. (laughs) And I got booked, it's a lesbian capital of the universe, um, outside of the actual Isle of Lesbos, but I got booked to perform at their Ju- School of Social Works Jewish Student Center. So Smith's College School of Social Works. You've never seen more delicate six-pointed snowflakes. And the guy before me, like, I don't know if you guys from like smaller areas, like in New England, there's just like these road guys that they have an act, and that's what they have, and it doesn't matter about reading the room because there's no. That's just what they have. And this guy had an act, and it happened to be just about rape and Hillary. And they, I, and he, and they were just like, "Please, no means no, please stop." And they were just like trying to clap him off stage, and he just kept going. He's like, "I'm doing my time, you know, I'm gonna do my act." <laughs> And eventually they clapped him off the stage and I got up like a camp counselor, you know, I'm like I'm just going to talk about our periods. <laughs> and it was great and I felt like really good and then I had to like leave early to go back to my shitty job that I hated, but I felt like a princess, you know? I felt like I saved the night and which anybody could have just by not talking about rape <laughs> and Hillary. And I didn't have any Hillary jokes and I just put my one ra- it's fine. I made it work. <laughs> And, uh, and I got to work and it was like the hottest day of the year and I had a little bit of a hangover so I got wasted. Like I drank a water bottle full of vodka and then I broke into my boss's office before he got there and I stole a tank top and I put it on of my horrible armpits and they were like long and um, I started just like running around the deck. It was like a biker bar kind of but also pop collars like it was a good time. It was real packed. And I started, uh, I got on stage with the band and started singing Wonderwall. It's not what they were playing. (laughs) I did that three times before I was asked to leave. I actually brought brought out a pitcher of water with a cigarette butt in it uh, to a family. And when they asked for another waitress, I like went back to be like, your other waitress will be right with you. Like that's what they wanted to see Uh, my fucking face ever again. And uh, and then I told my boss that he framed me because I I still think he might have. But anyways, he was like, I left there thinking I still had a job. (laughs) That's my favorite part of the story. I was so surprised when I got fired like later in the week. I was like, how could you? (laughs) We're allowed to drink at work. But that whole time when I was like an armpit hair feminist, as I call it, and I realize now like feminism is like being allowed to choose, you know? Like I choose not to stand outside with a cardboard sign um, in the winter in New York. But the whole time, and you'll never see like an armpit hair feminist girl like who's also like random facial hair girl. Like it just doesn't go that far. Even like that brand of feminism, it just doesn't. It doesn't come above here. You know, like the older I get, like I get way more chin hairs and like I'll start like stroking one thoughtfully in public. You know, nobody likes that. I get a couple clear ones. Like they need to go. I'm pretty sure they might be white, but I'm just going to call them clear. You know, they they have to go and I realize it's just like any other bush administration. You know, cuz it's like these terrorists are fine, right? But that's where all the oil is. I'm gonna tell you guys a story of how I met my husband, also went to the psych ward for the first time. I know, right? It's because I was a poet in college. <laughs> that will fuck you up. So uh, in college, I was a poet, and I was also like on Adderall. So that's the setup. And <laughs> so I thought I was gonna like bring poetry like back to the masses, you know? I was like working on this poem. I was pretty sure it was the most important poem that existed at that time. And it was going to be like the next Howl. It was going to be printed alone. It was going to make people care about poetry again, just like Adderall made me care about being productive again. <laughs> and, uh, and I didn't know that poetry open mics existed. So instead, what I would do is like go out to parties and like wait till people were drunk and be like, hey, guys, you want to go back to my house? I'll make nachos. We'll smoke bongs. And then I'd have these like poor people at my house, and I'd be like, "Well, you're all here. <laughs> Let me read you my poetry. <laughs> so that's the setup for telling you I didn't know what to do after college besides drugs. I really didn't. And I met Crystal Meth that winter, and that was terrifying. You ever like driven to work and not been able to take your eyes off yourself? <laughs> it's terrifying. I liked it way too much. I was like, I'm gonna, I don't want to be ugly, you know? And I'd also seen this psychic who told me I'd meet my soulmate in 3 years. So like that winter I was like doing coke, I was doing meth. I was just like wandering around clutching a lighter like, "Are you my soulmate?" Oh! And uh, nobody was. And but then I met this dude who was like, "I'll pay for everything." And I was like, "Sold." You know, I was like, "I'll go with you." Like I well what happened? I saw this painting in a salon that I was like, "That would really help my poem." And I was like 3 months behind on my rent, but I was like, "I must commission a painting." <laughs> I must get this artist's name. Unfortunately, like later, we were married, and I found that painting like in a book. Like I thought he like thought of the idea, and that's what I fell in love. With. I was like, it was the yin and yang of every woman. I was like, he's gonna really understand me. <laughs> no, he broke my finger once because uh, I wouldn't let go of the last bag of cocaine. So that's that's the future from the end of this story. I used to only tell the first part. See, now that's growth. Um, <laughs> But uh, I met him. I just moved in with him. Like, I hadn't paid my rent. I was like, I'm gonna get away. The meth guy was calling again. Like, I was like, I got this. You know, I'm just gonna go work on this poem with this artist and my life's gonna be fine. And he was like, no more drugs except for weed. And I was like, got it. But then I thought, like, mushrooms are a gray area. And he worked a lot. So one day I bought a ton of mushrooms with my grocery money and I ate them all. And then I immediately forgot that I ate them. A lot of chewing. How? I don't know. But I started watching the news, this was a while ago, and there was like a terrorist threat and I was like sure it was for me. So then I started calling the cops. This is truly a tale of white privilege. (laughs) I called the cops and they showed up and I was like the terrorists, I thought there were, terrorists had put a bomb in the light post outside. Like, you know, common. And, (laughs) And they were like, no, sorry. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, don't go upstairs. There's a lot of weed up there. Ha ha. And they were like, OK. And they left. And then I got lonely. I don't know. I started praying to a portrait of Biggie Smalls. And he was like, yo, bitch, stop calling the cops. <laughs> like, that's rule zero. <laughs> the crack commandments. Uh, I called the cops. I thought that my Coke dealer was on my front lawn with a chainsaw. And they showed up and they're like, all right, that is your landscaper. (laughs) He doesn't speak English. I owe this Coke deal like $40, but I was pretty sure it was a big deal. You know, (laughs) like it felt like he was gonna like come murder me over it. Of course it did. So the third time I called the cops, I cannot tell you why. Like maybe I thought that they were putting my husband on a cross. I don't know. I I thought the house was lifting off at one point. Yeah, I really did. And I was like in Wizard of Oz. And um, I also thought maybe terrorists were pumping, I never tell this part, but you guys are so on board, We're pumping, and I'm getting more on board with myself. This was the most shameful thing that ever happened in my life for like many years. But I, because I really believe this, and it's just really terrifying to be like, what is, like that's not, mushrooms can't do that. Like that's also you, (laughs) you know? (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they decided to take me to the hospital. But they didn't want to scare me because it was like Connecticut, you know, and uh, so they call my parents and my dad and my stepmom, who's a sec- used to be a secretary. Um, so they call them. And while we're waiting and also when they brought me to the hospital, they asked me what drugs I had done. And I thought they meant ever, <laughs> which is how I ended up in the psych ward because <laughs> I was like everything but peyote. Yeah. And you can't test for mushrooms. And um, but while we were like waiting for the ambulance or whatever, my parents, all the whole situation, there was like 30 people out in the front lawn and I was like, I got this. Because I didn't know why we were waiting. I had no idea what was going on. But I knew there was like 30 people just standing around. So I ran inside, I came back out and I was like, wow, we're all here. <laughs> Let me read you my poetry. I gotta tell you, they were the best crowd I've ever had. Thank you.
2: Ah, give it up for Rebecca everybody. Come on, a little bit more, a little bit more. Man, I miss college parties. All right, it was high school, but those were some stories right there. Gosh. Mushrooms. Yeah, a lot of good comes from them, but just not for me. I think I just treat my body so bad. I mean, clearly I don't do yoga or eat kale. So when I do mushrooms, it's like all the magical powers just tries its best to clean me out. And there's like, there's no room to clean your brain. So it's like, that's my detox. That's what I do for detox. Uh, I just started reading labels of food. I know it sounds weird, right? But when, when we got legal, I was like, okay. And I just ate this whole brownie thing. And I had a bad trip. And I was like, wow, you would think being pre-diabetic would have warned me to read the label and then I read the label and I said this is the last time I eat something without reading the label now if someone could just tell me what some of these fucking words mean I would give a shit All right? serving size guy, he's an asshole not everyone has someone to share a muffin with, dick it's one serving it's one fucking serving I don't like that guy doesn't, doesn't promote sh- sharing <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't know where I'm going Oh, are you guys ready for your next comic? All right, everybody. He's all he's coming all the way from Oregon. Everybody please give it up for the very funny Mr. Isaac Pendergrass. Everybody give it up. Uh, how
5: are you guys doing tonight? I said how you guys doing tonight? <laughs> All right, all right. This is this is a part where I pretend that I'm extremely uh, confident in this set. All right. There it is. There it is. All right, guys. Um, I'm not going to pretend that I've had a very tragic life. Uh, but we all have our ups and downs, right? And and you know that a guy that's willing to wear a bow tie in public must have been through something, right? All right. But for the most part, I keep my head above water. Uh, except. Except in this next story. Uh, see, when I was in high school, I couldn't swim very well. Nobody's surprised by that. <laughs> yes, I was keeping up the stereotype. But I, I found myself at this pool party uh, surrounded by all of my friends and this asshole named Derek. I hated that guy, honestly. Uh, but My friend on that day, he approached me and said, "Hey, today is a good a day to learn how to swim as any. So I'm going to teach you in the deep end of the pool." Now, now this was my friend. He believed in me. In fact, he believed in me so much that he was willing to stake my life (laughs) on his belief. You know. All right, let's fast forward to the part you're interested in. I'm drowning, right? (laughs) Yeah. I'm going down for the third time, and I'm thinking to myself, this is how it ends. I'm gonna die surrounded by all of my friends and that asshole Derek. That asshole Derek jumped in and saved my life. Now, I don't know if you've ever been saved by your enemy, but instinct kicks in immediately. And just like the comic books, you have to do everything to try and thwart them. So I'm in the water and I'm trying to drown a little faster. Just so, just so this guy wouldn't have something to hold over my head, it didn't work. It didn't work. He succeeded. Uh, he defeated me that day, and I had to, I had to hate the guy that saved my life for the rest of the year. Uh, I was a senior. I never saw him again after that. <laughs> I, I succeeded. No, I think. I think I won that one. Okay. Uh, that is until. Well, this has nothing to do with Derek. This is a new story, guys. We're moving on. Um, that is until. I was invited to have a threesome by my half-brother with a pregnant lady. <laughs> yes, this, hap- this is a true story, um, and it's tragic. Uh, now, now, I know most of you are thinking, what the hell is wrong with your brother? And I concur. I I would not have sex with a woman that he had had sex with previously, much less a sex that he's a woman he's currently having sex with. Um, and the rest of you are probably thinking, well, Isaac, if she was pregnant, technically that makes it a foursome. <laughs> and and you're right. You're disgusting, uh, but you're right. Um, well, actually, he was my half brother. So I don't really know how the math works on that. I think you gotta like carry the two or something. Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> but anyway, uh, the that night, you know, bonds were forged on a dark road, a dark dirt road in South Carolina. And I, <laughs> before I go any further, I didn't accept, <laughs> I did not, you could probably tell by the self, the little self-respect I still have, I did not accept the offer, uh, but I was in the car and um <laughs> and just because I didn't participate didn't mean that anything didn't happen um but but bonds were forged because there were there were two people in that car that didn't really want to be there they didn't really have a choice in the matter and and i often wonder what happened to that baby you know cuz that was almost 21 years ago that that baby could be here tonight um i don't think <laughs> Uh, nah, she was black man I'm sorry <laughs> it wasn't you um <laughs> I'm sorry guys <laughs> but yes that that was a tragic experience for me a very very tragic uh but let's move on to the next one which uh actually concerns a baby that I actually am responsible for yes my the the birth of my first daughter well I'm sorry my only daughter thank you Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, Have you guys ever heard of a push present? Nobody's heard of a push present. Good. All right. I'm going to tell you something here tonight you hadn't heard before. Well, a push present apparently is a gift that you give uh, the lady that has labored in the bearing of your child to show how much you appreciate what she's done for you. Therefore, the push present. All right. Uh, well, I, I had no idea what a present was. So about eight years ago, after my daughter was born, my wife pulled me to the side and said, uh, you know, you're supposed to get me something for having the baby. And I was like, All "Right." You know, I thought, I seriously thought it was a joke. It was an attempt to get a gift out of me. Um, and I, I don't think that little of my wife, but at that moment, I really thought that she just wanted a gift. Um, and so I I didn't believe I was like okay right, but she says no I'm serious, you're this is something that you do I was like really people do that, and she said yeah, um, but then I I said the cutest thing I've ever said in my life, I said, uh, but I gave you the baby, <laughs> yeah yeah. And it, it was it was in that moment that I realized that I may not be as good of a person as my mama said I was, you know? <laughs> actually I don't wanna I don't wanna take any credit for that. My wife actually brought me to that conclusion. Uh for three hours she brought me to that conclusion. And every year on my daughter's birthday, she continues to bring me to that conclusion. You guys don't seem to be into my family life as much as I would like you to be, so I'm Let's move on to another story about my family. Um, <laughs> all right, this this was a, you guys into magic tricks? Yeah? I'm not going to do any, but I used to do them for my daughter. And just, just little things. I'd pull quarters from behind her ear. I'd make things appear and disappear. And uh, so she got used to it. And I actually got used to the feeling of accomplishment of these little tasks. I mean, you you know, the look on a kid's face when you do something like that, it's a, it's amazing. And so it was something that was a big deal for me. Uh, But one day she ran up to me with tears in her eyes. She was only about three or four years old uh, and just crying. And I asked, I said, what's wrong? She's like, I, I lost my stickers, the stickers she'd gotten from Trader Joe's. Uh, And you know, those things are important to kids. I don't know why. But uh they're very important. And she was crying and I tried to calm her down. But then she asked me, she said, Dad, can you use your magic to bring my stickers back? Panic. <laughs> Panic. I mean, this was this was the first time i I'd, be, I'd been confronted with the lie that I'd been pushing. And there there was no way that I could bring those stickers back. I spent half the night looking in the garage, in the car, trying to find those stickers, and I found them. But then I was confronted with another moral dilemma. Do I end this facade now, or do I keep it going? And told her that I brought it back with my magic. My daughter still believes in magic (laughs) to this day. (laughs) Because some things you just shouldn't take from kids. I don't think you should take that from a kid. All right. Um, by the way, who put these paintings up? Is it a male or female? Female. Okay, because I'm, I'm going to go look for her Me Too posts on Facebook. <laughs> this is some disturbing shit. <laughs> that is terrible. I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. Uh, last last joke here, guys, and I'm going to leave you with this. Um uh, this this is a tragedy for me because I recently ruined my childhood, just this morning. I was, uh, yeah, I was watching uh, the 78 version, TV version of The Incredible Hulk on, on the uh, hotel TV. Uh, do you guys know who the real superheroes are? It's uh, today's special effects department, <laughs> yeah. It was terrible. I mean, I know the Incredible Hulk is not real, but this really ruined it for me. In this particular episode, the Incredible Hulk was fighting a bear in a river. The bear was losing, but the river was winning. <laughs> the the paint had washed off of the Hulk's face. Uh, you could actually see the Caucasian around the edge of his clothing. And, and if you look closely enough, through his wet shirt, I could read Lou Ferrigno's name on his driver's license. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was terrible. And do you, you know who probably hates, really hates the special effects department? The regular effects department. Those guys don't get any shine whatsoever. <laughs> All right, I think that is my time, is that right, Pam? All right, thank you very much. <laughs>
2: it up one more time for Isaac come on come on man we grew up different not really I don't know I feel like he's like one of my brothers that would like dress way too good for no reason I don't know I thought of something else while he was up here but uh, again, this is uh, the Jenner Davis stand-up tragedy show. She's the one that does all the artwork. Give it up. This has been this has been a great experience for me, everybody. I want to thank you for uh, accepting me. Thank you for including me in this. It's been an honor for me. Uh, it's meant a whole lot. And uh, are you guys ready for your next comic? <laughs> All right, everybody, please put your hands together. Came here all the way from Tacoma. Give it up for Jess Everett.
6: Sorry. Sir, you have a very soothing voice that I could listen to for the rest of my life. I just wanted to tell you that. <laughs> I, would, I would enjoy that. Uh, I'll talk about sad stuff. I got some, I guess I got some sad stories. Uh, So when I was like 16, one time my mom died. Uh, Like all the way, all the way dead. She's still dead, it's crazy. It's like whole one one time deal. Uh, But, so she died and we were like, oh no, you know. uh, And she wanted to be, uh, well, we were like afraid of dead bodies, so we were like, I'm going to burn it. Uh, so we cremated her into very tiny pieces. Uh, and then we were like going to put her, she wanted to be put in the ocean, and we we really wanted to do that for her, but like we just couldn't get our schedules together, my brother and my sister and I. Uh, so she was sat in my sister's closet in her home for like three years, And then she had kids because that's what people do to try to fix their marriage is they have some kids. Uh, So then mom got bumped to the garage for a bit. Another three years, about six years, we waited to spread her ashes. And uh, finally, I was like 22 or something, uh, we got together and we scheduled a day but we couldn't do like a full day gig. Couldn't make it all the way out to the ocean. We live like four hours away or something, and that's how much time we didn't have uh, for our mother. So we we decided to settle on, you guys know the Puget Sound? The Puget Sound, so we decided we'd all meet at the Puget Sound, because you know, we figured you will get there eventually. If we put her, put her in the Puget Sound, because tides and whatnot, I don't know how water works, but they're connected somehow. Uh, so we all met there and we're like, you know, it's kind of an awkward situation, but we decided my sister's gonna pour the ashes cause she's oldest or drew the shortest straw. I don't know how we decided that, but, uh, so the thing about ashes is like, we didn't get an urn. Because we're not, like, you know, the type to display. It's like, oh, there's mom on the mantle or whatever. Uh, so they just come in a in a bag in a box, like a cardboard box with a plastic bag in there. And so uh, my sister, like, we open the box, and she pulls the bag out. And what they do on the bag is they put, like, a name, typically of the person, you know, whose ashes it is. And... Uh, like, she pulled it out, and, you know, like, when bags are twisted up, they kind of spin when you hold them up. It spun around, and then it was very much not our mother's name. It was... (laughs) Not Old Mom. Don't know (laughs) who it was. Uh, But we're like, well, we can't, like, take them back, you know, six years later. I don't know what the return policy is on ashes, but kind of stuck with these ashes, not taking them back home. Uh, So we decided to spread them, you know, maybe they wanted to go in the ocean or something. Uh, So... My sister, she's like, I'm not going all the way out into the water for some stranger, you know, so she just rolled her jeans up like knee high and kind of like tiptoed out into the water a bit and dumped the bag of ashes out. And the water was still very shallow here. uh, And I don't know if this was a large man or just bodies in general make quite a bit of ashes, but the ashes uh, made sort of a pile like uh, (laughs) above the surface of the water. So he's like half in the water and half out uh, like an island of, of sorts, this person was. Uh, and we were thinking like, well, you know, maybe the tide come in, and you know, take care of that situation. It was low tide or high tide, high tide. It was high tide. So nothing was going to happen. Uh, so I grabbed a stick for my sister and I said, you know, we got to we're gonna, just going to have to stir him in. Gotta Yeah. <laughs> We gotta stir them in. So we did. She, she went out, and she just kind of did one of these numbers and mixed them up. And now I can't drink chocolate milk. <laughs> Story the first. That's <laughs> uh, and then, so later in life, uh, actually just, what, like four years ago, five years ago, some, some time ago, I ended a nine-year relationship. And uh, I wanted to do it sooner, like like at least a day and seven years sooner. But uh, we got a cat, and I like the cat. So I'm like, I'll stick around for the cat. And then just kind of convinced myself I was happy for the rest of whatever the math is that equals nine. Uh, but one night, uh, I was especially not into what was happening. And we had been drinking together. And we were in the backyard, and we had a fire pit. We were sitting by the fire, drinking, chain smoking. And uh, I decided, well, this is as good a time as any. It was like two thirty in the morning, June first. It was like right at the very beginning of the month. Um, so I, I said, Let, we should break up, probably, huh? <laughs> and she did not agree, but I, I was, I was firm with it. Uh, and so it was. I mean, I was sad too. But with somebody for nine years, even if you don't really like them, you still have some sort of connection. Uh, you know, bills and things like that, financial. Uh, but so we're crying and drinking, and uh, she decided she's gonna go to bed, and I just I was like, well, I guess I'll just stay up then. Uh, so I drank the rest of the beer that we had, and I'm like, well, I should probably hit the hay. Uh, it's been a been a long night. So I go inside and then I I started to realize well like she's in the bed so I don't what do, you know what's the protocol for that if you're like not together anymore uh, but fucking my bed that was my bed, so like i 'm gonna sleep in the bed. So, what I did was I climbed uh, on top of the covers, she under the covers, I got on top of the covers and then did like a head to feet sort of thing, you know, like a sleepover, and I held her sh- I held her legs and cried into her shins. I cried myself to sleep <laughs> into her shins, uh, and then we continued to live together for four months after that. <laughs> And, uh, that, you know, that was, that was weird. Uh, the one month into that, actually, like, exactly a month, uh, the month anniversary of our breakup, we were drunk again around the very same fire, uh, because, you know, my memories. And, uh, we ended up spending the evening together romantically, and, uh, and then I woke up the next morning, and I was like, ooh, that was that was a mistake. Uh, so more crying. <laughs> and then a week after that, I was at work, and I got a message from her, and she was like, you should come home. And I was like, oh, fuck. Uh, so I went home, and she said, I am very much pregnant, sir. Uh, so um, we were very formal, very formal, the two of us. Uh, so uh, science... So we don't have the kid. I don't have a kid because science. It's a miracle, um, and then still live together, for for. And then she got a boyfriend. Oh, sad times for old Jess. She's she's moved on. And then and then you know you like you don't you don't know what you got till it's gone sort of thing. And then I tried and tried to get her back, and then it didn't happen. Uh, but now I take care of her cats. The same cat. We got another cat. Not at. I got my cats mixed up. Uh, we had two cats, but now I, I feed the cats when she's away. Cuz we're still cool. Like you get over things, you know? I got a girlfriend now, very happy, very happy, so happy. Uh, and then okay, so after that breakup, how much time do I have left? I got some stories. Like 1 minute. 1 minute? Okay. I could I could. Um so after that, I I finally got my own place. And then I found out that I have multiple sclerosis. Several, like 30 of them. I'm like, I'm lousy with sclerosis. Uh, So now I got a wonky blind eye, and that that never come back because of scar tissue. I can't see out of that. No good. Um, But still able to drive. And I take a lot of vitamins for that. And have to eat healthy. It's disgusting. Everything I eat is disgusting. I can't have sugar or anything. Unless I'm partying, then we'll look out. A lot of sodas. Um, and then I guess I'll end it with I found out about a year ago that it is very much possible to have a warrant and not know it for like 13 years. Um, so I am nine months through my 18 months of probation. So <laughs> I guess that's it. I guess that's it. Bye, everybody.
2: Hey, come on, everybody! Give it up for yourselves. Give it up for the art that's on the wall. Give it up for, give it up for this show, stand up tragedy. Uh, thank you so much. My name is Jay Wook. Thank you, Mutiny Radio. Thank you so much, Pam. It's been a blast. And uh, stay tuned. There's some more dope comics and more dope shows coming up, man. Thank you guys so much. So
7: The Internet Ocean has to offer ya. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced (laughs) McRat.
8: Hey everybody. Listen to the weekly review with Roman every Friday from noon to two p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program.
9: offer
0: Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow
1: Hi, everybody. Yay! <laughs> Yay, we're doing this thing. I'm Amanda G. I'm hosting uh, this next show. I'm in from New Orleans. I'm super happy to be here. I've, I've been at the whole festival since day one. Um, I've, I've learned... I've learned like so much from this festival, you know. I learned what cock and ball torture is. Uh, that was pretty great. I learned you should wash chopsticks that were left in a drawer because you can't trust them, for sure. I also like I was wondering what's been hindering my comedy. Like I feel like I hit a wall and I can't break through it. And through this festival, I've learned it's cocaine. I've never done cocaine. Never done cocaine. <laughs> a lot of comics get a lot of inspiration from cocaine. Um, I would usually ask. Uh, yeah, I'm from I'm in New Orleans, so it's a good opener to ask if everybody's drinking. But we're not allowed to drink here, so I'm not asking that. I'm gonna ask that I know someone uh, from New Orleans is listening to this, so I'm gonna ask, and I know she's drinking. So got my, got my yeah, we're drinking. I love, I love drinking. <laughs> I fucking love drinking. Thank you. <laughs> I'm really good at it too. I uh, I moved to New Orleans specifically to drink. It's 24 hours. It's great. Like there's a bar by my house. If you're if you're there at 4 a.m., they do trivia. Like it's fantastic, it's a great place to drink. Um, My mom hates that I drink. My mom really hates that I drink. She wants to stop me from drinking so much. Uh, So her big plan to stop me from drinking so much is just telling me how many calories are in every drink. Like that's her big plan. She's like, oh, that vodka soda, 110 calories. And I'm like, mom, you don't get it. You don't understand, I'm a lesbian. We don't get fatter, we just get sturdier. (laughs) Like my current body type goal is a bookshelf I'm building. (laughs) I'm almost there, guys. <laughs> I am. Um, this is not Ikea particle board up here. That's for sure. I, uh, I make no money. By day, I work at a nonprofit. So the business I work for doesn't care about money. So clearly, I don't care about my paycheck. Um, at night, I do free comedy. So I end up losing money because I hit the bar. Um, so for extra money, I do Uber Eats. Um, I do Uber Eats. I deliver food. Um, I don't do regular Uber because my car is so junky. They won't let me put people in it. Uh, but they'll let me put your food in it. <laughs> Which is great, yeah. No, uh, my, my car's so junky, I had one of those alumni license plate holders, and my school called and was like, you have to take that off. You can't have that on there. I, um, I'll um, i never forget, though, you know, you never forget the moment that you become gay. I'll never forget that moment. Uh, for me, I became gay at birth. Or right? <laughs> for you conservatives out there, Conception. I don't know if there's any conservatives in San Francisco. That kills in Louisiana. <laughs> kills in Louisiana. I, um... You yeah, know, I was really—I came out like I came out later, but I was really lucky. When I came out, I had a lot of support from my friends and family, especially my parents. Um, when I came out to them, all my dad said was, "He's like, well, that explains the mystery of the missing playboys." <laughs> yeah. He had all those issues, all those years, and my brother would just be in trouble all the time and be really confused. And my mom, right? Ever the Jew, my mom's like, "So what you're telling me is, when you get married, I get to split the cost of your wedding." I was like, whatever gets you through this conversation. <laughs> Not how I planned on it going, but I'll take it. I will. Like I said, I came out, I came out at 23. I came out after a lot of fun times could have been had. Um, but by the time I came out, I feel like everyone in my life kind of already knew, you know? Like from a very young age, I was very strangely drawn to the Home Depot. <laughs> I thought that's where all the kids spent Saturday. <laughs> this is just me. And even in high school, all my friends were like, you got to pick who's cuter, In Sync or Backstreet Boys. In Sync or Backstreet Boys, and I was like, no, nah, man, Spice Girls, right? Come on, you had those five hot chicks with those accents, they're half naked, they're asking me what I want, what I really, really want. Like, they knew, right? Like, they really, really knew. Uh, which, of course, was to move to Portland and open a bookstore with them. The dream is still alive. I'm glad you guys, sometimes in New Orleans, they're like, we don't get that. We don't get that. That's cool. I, uh, New Orleans is a super gay-friendly city, which I really love. Like, We even have a gay softball league in New Orleans, which is awesome. I play gay softball. When I tell people, they're just like, no, man, you mean softball, right? <laughs> and I'm like, no, 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 no. The, the gay and gay softball, that's not for the lesbians. That's for the gay men. Like, You roll up to gay softball, you're handed a mimosa and a freshly pressed uniform. Like, That's some gay softball. <laughs> I'm in the dugout last week, and one guy's like, ah, I think I hurt my back. And another guy's like, on a scale of one to I can't suck my own dick anymore. How hurt are you? I'm like, that's some gay softball. <laughs> and I love gay men. Don't get me wrong. I love gay men. If there's anyone out there, I fucking love you guys. You're so cute. And you get the cutest names. Gay men get the cutest names. with twinks, or otters, or bears. It's so cute. There's probably pandas. They get all the cute animals. Koalas. Whatever. I don't know. They get all the cute names. Lesbians, we're just bull dykes or carpet munchers. <laughs> It's pretty terrible. It's pretty terrible. Carpet muncher makes me think if I go to your house, and he'd be like, "Thank God you had tile, or I couldn't make it past your hallway." Oh man, are we ready to get this show started? Yeah. All right. First guy up. He's awesome. You've probably seen him around. It's gonna be uh, fun for us. I don't know what everyone else is doing, but please welcome Elliot Chang to the stage. up here you're
8: gonna
2: love this next guy uh next guy he's a funny bone
8: favorite you're gonna dig him guys give it up for steve (laughs) pogey hey keep it going for sean o'brien everybody sean o'brien hosting the show the irish guy who might have aids get his number nice to see you guys Uh, my name is steve It's kind of hard to pronounce. Typically, when I meet somebody for the first time, I've got to be like, "It's Pogey, like a broke gangster, Pogey." That's how exciting my life has been. It's nice to see you guys. Happy to be here, mainly because I was in Tennessee last week, and that place sucks. You know, it you know sucks going in. The state models the volunteer state. Like, what kind of welcoming is that? It's like, welcome to Tennessee. Fucking little help here. Put on an orange vest. Pick up a beer bottle. They're everywhere. We don't know what to do. Hey. It's good to be home. Missouri. The show me state. And I was like, hey, I live in St. Louis. We ranked number one for murder and STDs. Yeah. Maybe we should stop showing people shit. Maybe that's the answer. Just pull up your pants, lock your doors. It's not working out. Nope, it burns when I pee and I miss my cousin Terry. We gotta clean it up. I'm Kidding, I don't have a cousin Terry. You gotta love St. Louis, right? Because of the Cardinals, any Cardinals fans? You guys just- Yeah. See, I always go to town. Every time I go to town, I always like, I if you're in St. Louis, go and see a Cardinals game, like, even if you don't like baseball. I was like, I don't just go see. and listen to how the cheer changes as everybody yeah, gets drunk. It's amazing. Because <laughs> yeah, right. Right? in the beginning of the game, everyone's sober and excited. It's a good cheer. Like, let's go, Cardinals! Clapping and shit. But then about halfway through, they get a couple beers in them. Now it shortens up. Now it's just, go, Cards! Go, Cards! But by the end of it, when everyone's hammered drunk, stumbling around they piss themselves they don't even notice one eye doesn't open anymore but they still cheer on the team you'll still hear him out there just birds, birds! Well, there's a guy passed out on the field but he used to manage the team so nobody says anything to him say, he's a sleepy larusa it's a disease people so he's not a stoplight. He's making some progress. <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. That's what you're saying. I'm probably giving up. I've uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I'm a funny so bone favorite. I Hell yeah. I, hear you know. my life, every
13: time
8: I hate that title. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, I hate that title. That's kind of silly. He's if a funny like, bone favorite. That's like saying, This next, next comic likes to smoke weed in, in the room. parking lot. Give it up. For Westport Plaza Poge. Here he is. I like smoking weed. Don't get me wrong. Weeds caused problems problem. in my life. Yeah. Thanks to marijuana, yeah. I no longer I live at my mom's I house. Can't stop. You're yeah. just my in son. the basement, smoking a joint when I got snitched on by the tornado oh, sirens. <laughs> Didn't see it coming. I'm down there trying to live my life. All of a sudden, the family bursts through the door in a panic. Look, what are you doing? During conversation, planning for the worst, hoping for the best. <laughs> <laughs> you wanna hit this shit, mom? Nope, all right. Well, I'll just pack my stuff and get out of here then. So I went on the internet, found a female roommate, said she worked nights. After I moved in, she told me that she was a stripper. So I told my friends that I won the lottery.
13: I'm sure they feel similar. But it was
8: great, man. Finally, for the first time, I got to drive to my mom's house for holidays instead of just walking up from the basement. Well, that was an exciting change, right? One Thanksgiving, I didn't get all the way through the door. Family's already in a DEFCON 1 because there's a squirrel trapped in the chimney. Next. Yeah. While we're sitting there trying to figure out how to get it out, my uncle just goes, Let's just smoke them out. So like, Hell yeah. I started rolling them up right there, right? Like, Oh, we'll get that damn squirrel flame, this is purple haze. Take a nitro, Nana. This shit's coming. <laughs> That's why we kicked it out. Do you know how obnoxious you gotta be One of the best parts about living with a stripper is all the cosmetic kickbacks you get. Right? You get dry skin in the wintertime? Not if you live with a stripper. Hell no. She's got lotions, potions, elixirs, mixtures. Hell, she's like Harry Potter with a better vagina. You gotta find one of these. I'm serious. The only thing is, you just gotta ask before you grab a bottle of something and go to town, right? You could grab a bottle of something and that bottle's got glitter in it. Uh, Come out of the bathroom twinkling? That'll fuck up a playoff game. Nobody wants to cheer next to a twinkling man. No, it's not aggressive. And she's like, let's go Cardinals! Shut up, fairy! I hate you guys. All right, hanging out with her. I started going to the strip club a lot. Me and my buddy, Sean, going to the strip club. Strip club's not a place you want to go to a lot. All right, because eventually you start to nitpick the strip club. Like the club she worked at, they had these huge TVs that they play pornography on, wasn't even good porn. No, They had a video with four girls on a four-way dildo. I couldn't believe it. I was like, this is like a fucked up version of Hungry Hungry Hippos. What is, this? somebody directed this? Somebody got a loan from a bank to make this happen. Like, they just walked in with a tire iron and a dream. Like cut him a check. Way to go, America. Come on. Go to the strip club all the time with Sean. He was my drinking buddy, right? Sean's one of those guys though. like, when he gets drunk, he tries to, like, spin whatever you say to make you sound like an idiot. Like, we're sitting there having a couple beers. I'm like, hey dude, you've been dating Nicole for like four years, you guys gonna get married? Seems kind of serious. He's like, no, Steve, why buy the cow when you get the milk for free? All right, what are you, an idiot? You live with a stripper, when are you gonna bang her? I was like, whoa, Jesus, Sean. Well, Sean, why buy the cow when the cow brings home other cows of equal or greater value? <laughs> like, I'm not a farmer, but I can steer the herd, buddy. I'm not lonely. When the stripper started to develop a little bit of an alcohol problem, a little bit of a drinky drink problem, one night I was drinking and driving, got into a three-car car accident. It's a little embarrassing because two of those cars were parked. <laughs> parked on a dealership's lot. <laughs> yeah, a lot of problems with alcohol, true story. I totaled both cars out for $42,000 in damage. I had to go to the dealership the next morning to sign paperwork. The owner's pissed off. I'm still kind of (laughs) drunk. We're in his office, he's yelling, cussing, throwing stuff around, I'm cool as a cucumber. I'm like, chill out, man, I've got insurance. Technically, I just sold two cars, I don't even work for you. I'm not making commission. You're pissed off at me? Really, Eric hasn't sold anything all week. Eric, zero, drunk weird guy, two. <laughs> I'll train him. Just need an office, secretary, and a bottle of Jägermeister, but we'll train him. We'll get him on board. So heavy with the dragon. I didn't even realize that was a problem. Like, I hit inventory on a dealership. You might want to knock shit off, can read a book, watch Dr. Phil, fix your problem. Not me. I was like, yeah, I was driving drunk, but I was texting, so that's kind of T-Mobile's bullshit. <laughs> that ain't really my problem. But here's the thing. If you yourself ever wonder if you have a drinking problem, when a stripper tells you, you need to get your life together,
13: <laughs>
8: your ears should perk up on that one. Mine did not. Well, I kept going. See, here's the thing, like, I was always like a fun drunk, right? I was always like lampshade on the head guy, right? Just a good guy to party with. But then I started to black out real easily. That's a game changer. Because now fun, lampshade on the head guy turned into four in the morning at Walmart wearing just my boxers, with dried puke on my chest, crying. Like, why are these prices so low? Why are they so low? I don't trust that face. Fuck you! I'm going to Target. <laughs> just a maniac, right? Now, but the problem that, like, I got in all kinds of trouble. Man, like, just two weeks ago, I just got off probation after two years off a one night of drinking, just getting a little too crazy, right? Involved my buddy Sean, you saw earlier. We were just gonna go out, have a couple drinks, walk back to his place. He lived close. I got separated. <laughs> all right, I blacked out. When I woke up, I was wearing an orange paper government issue jumpsuit with two taser wounds to my chest and a lot of goddamn questions. Cuz I didn't know why I was there, I didn't know what time it was. I started to freak out. To keep myself from having a full-on panic attack, you know what I did? Yoga. Yeah, that's how stupid I am. This is my first night in jail. What do I do? Show the other prisoners how flexible I am. Oh. What a good idea, Steve. Maybe next time you can make some fake boobs out of toilet paper. That will accomplish the same thing. I just sit in that cell for what felt like forever, man. Eventually a detective came in. He took me into an interrogation room We reviewed the evidence. Turns out that in my blackout, I walked to my buddy Sean's house. But Sean thought it would be a hilarious idea to have this girl I'd never met before answer his door and say he doesn't live there. Thankfully, I know bullshit when I see it. So I walk around the side of Sean's house and I kick in his back door. So then Sean lived four houses down. Yeah, that's why I got tasered. Instead of being at Sean's house, I was just at some lady's house. And she didn't want me there. But apparently I really wanted to get in there. So I kick in the door. She gets scared. She calls the cops. They show up, right? They're all pissed off. Like I tried to surrender. I tried to be like, Hey, look, I'm drunk and confused. Please don't electrocute me. All right, But, but I was blackout wasted. So instead of saying that, it came out a lot more like, BIRDS! BURDS! Like, fuck. Tase him, Larry. The kid's got rabies or something. What's wrong with him? It's a sick little bitch. Here's the thing. In the the state of Missouri, if you get arrested and you don't remember why you got arrested, by law, the detective has to read you the police report out loud in case you can't read. Because if you do some shit like that, you probably can't read. You probably know three words. Where's the cherry bombs? That's it. You got issues. But it was scary, man, like I was sitting there, right? And I'm in there with the detective, I'm handcuffed from my wrist to my ankles, I got the jumpsuit on, detective comes in, he's got the, the Kevlar vest, he's ripped, he looks like Hulk Hogan's older brother. Right, he's got the platinum badge, but I'm like, why do you have the vest on, man? Like, I'm handcuffed, there's not a lot of fight left in this dog, you electrocuted me. Right, I've been tapping out for hours, you just haven't paid attention. Why would you wear the, even if I wanted to come after you, what am I gonna do? Like, you're not going to lose a nipple, O'Malley. Get rid of the vest. All right, relax. But he was all pissed off, man. He was furious. He's sitting there. He's all bulked up, right? He's got this fat, swollen shoebox head. These angry wrinkles. Angry wrinkles. It's like a pack of hot dogs was glued to his forehead. Uh, He's reading me the police report. I ended up laughing in his face. I couldn't help it. I couldn't. He's going. The officers instructed the suspect Steve Poggi to lay on the ground and put his hands behind his head. The suspect Steve Poggi responded by saying, "That's what she said." (laughs) That's what she said. And then I did the electric slide, but not in the fun way. No. He's electric, boogie woogie, unconscious. That's what happens. And sometimes you shit your pants. That's just a fact, I didn't shit my pants. No, I'm an alcoholic, not a sissy. There's a difference. Start rumors about me. They gave me three misdemeanors. They sent me on my way. Two months later, the city of St. Louis reviews the incident and they feel that I should have been charged with felony burglary. Felony burglary. That makes it sound like I had a plan hell, I didn't even have a mask. (laughs) Isn't that the first step in planning a burglary? Step one, put on your mask. Step two, I don't know what that would be. Um, If I had to make a guess, I'd probably say, don't ring the fucking doorbell. That's probably a good number two, right? You wanna ring the doorbell and wake everyone up if you're gonna burgle them, right? I'm not a criminal mastermind, but I saw the first 10 minutes of Dark Knight. All right, there seems to be more to it than just, ding dong, give me your electronics. We're being burgled. Like that's... Never seen an episode of CSI or Law and Order that started off with, well, he rang the doorbell and shit got real. (laughs) Seems weird. But I had to get arrested twice for the same thing. That's not supposed to happen. Right? I never thought that would ever happen. That'd be like, if you were pregnant and you went to the doctor and the doctor's like, oh, your baby's pregnant. You're like, what the fuck? That is not supposed to happen. And the world's different than the movies. What? I was already like in AA and like rehab. Like that's the thing. Like, like I had to talk to my family about it, right? But I made the mistake of when I talked to my family, I talked to them individually when I should have talked to them as a group. Because individually, they all said the same cliché phrase during every single conversation at some point. They go, Steve, if you don't change your behavior, you're going to go to jail. Well, you're gonna get raped by a 300-pound black man named Bubba. (laughs) Like, his race and weight are an issue. Could be a white guy with freckles named Chuck. (laughs) Still getting raped. That hasn't
13: changed.
8: (laughs) I'm not scared of his ethnicity. I'm scared of getting plugged like a light bright. Whose side? (laughs) This is my support group? Really? Get the Rumplemans. This fellowship is broken. Yeah. We did not make it to Mordor. No, we did not. <laughs> but new warrant. Like, I didn't know what to do. Like, they said, I got a single mail. So they had a warrant for us. I called the city. I didn't know what to say. And I'm like, uh, I want to talk to a manager. Like, what are you supposed to do? I didn't get a manager. I got the bail bonds department. $25,000 bail, no bond. $25,000. People, I haven't made that in my life yet. <laughs> let alone come up with it on a sunny Wednesday afternoon. Like, that's just not gonna happen. Right? I don't have 25,000 of anything. I don't have 25,000 cell phone minutes. I have unlimited fucking minutes. So I wasn't a bind. Three weeks, I had to go on the run from the cops. Three weeks. The cops are out looking for me, but I'm a comic. This is my home comedy club. So yeah, there's a task force of dudes trying to hunt me down. But I still gotta get on Facebook and be like, I may or may not be at the Funny Bone this week. <laughs> You want to roll the dice and head on out? That's your business, but don't tell anybody. All right, don't tell anybody. It's crazy. I was scared for those three weeks. Like, well, I was scared, but I felt kind of okay about it, right? Because I'd seen the first two seasons, The Dog, The Bounty Hunter. I was like, oh, I know what goes on here. Like, yeah, like, okay. If I see a guy with a mullet, with a girl with huge boobs, and they're talking about Christ, just cross the street and don't make eye contact. I should be able to get away with this for a while through a trial that was over a year long. A year long, just to prove that I was an asshole and not a criminal. Uh, I had to actually meet up with my lawyer and go over crime scene photos. I in one broad's door, 32 photos. 32! So you picture the door, the door frame, the moon, a skunk running across the street, cops looking serious, cops giving each other bunny ears, cops planking on the porch, like, what the fuck? Is this an investigation or a scrapbook party? Cause I don't have my squiggly scissors. No, I do not. I don't. But, got over it. It was good. Got reduced to trespassing, had to go on house arrest. That sucked. I had to move back into my mom's. It's a terrible reason to have to move back in with your mom. Cause eventually you have that power struggle argument. Most people, they get a pretty good argument. Like, I'm gonna save up some money and then I'll show you. When I pay off my car, I'm gonna go out in the world and make something of myself. My soapbox was not that big. No, I'm like, yeah, well, when the government stops tracking me, I got some shit I'm gonna do. I'm gonna open up an account at PNC, I'll tell you that. It's terrible. The problem was like my mom, she didn't understand my issue was with alcohol. She assumed it was all kinds of drugs. So she wouldn't knock on my door before she came in. She'd just kick it open. Right, like Jack Bauer from 24. kick kicking open, a chair. what's going on here? You got a mountain of cocaine, a belt around your arm? What are you doing, fucker, right? Never caught me doing any other drugs. Uh, she did catch me masturbating. Yeah, six times, it's not even embarrassing anymore. Now, that's just how we talk. So just, well, mom, that's why we knock. Yeah, no, I want to go eat with Aunt Linda. That sounds great. Chevy's perfect. The Mexican fits with the video. I like this. <laughs> oh, he likes to bang Latin brides. It's finally over. All right, me and Sean are still buddies. He actually just got a new place. Called me up the other day. He was like, hey, man, come on over and check it out. I was like, all right, I'll be there in like 10 minutes. He's like, cool, man, 1406C, doors unlocked. Just come on in. Yeah, fuck you. <laughs> I am never just walking in anywhere ever again. I will call you in the parking lot. You can walk my ass in there. Cause I'm not just coming in, ever. We go over there and we're hanging out. He's showing me his place. Like he's got a place of his own. He starts bitching. He's like, man, I like the place, but I look out my window, you know what I see? A dumpster right there. He's like, so what, dude? I look out my window, you know what I see? My mom, right there. The dumpster's not gonna ask you to cut the grass. Shut the fuck up. Good man. I'm happy I went through it because I got to do a lot of comedy out of it and that was the surprise I to tell people a story. Like I didn't always get to do comedy. I actually used to work as a manager for a restaurant where I had to train some of the dumbest sons of bitches on the face of this planet, man. Just absolute morons. I don't know what it is about morons wanting to make sandwiches, but there's a lot of them. Right? So I trained them all. This one guy I like to tell the story about is his very first day, right? He comes in. I'm just showing him around the kitchen being easy. Hey, man, go into dry storage on the third rack, second shelf next to the cherry. Are you guys happy Osama bin Laden's dead? Can we check with you? You guys happy about that? All right, three people. Nobody else knows who the fuck that is. He's our president, right? Is that who he's
1: talking about? Oh, Oh, man. Are we we on? That's bullshit that we did Yeah, Yeah, bring it back. Thank you, Elliot. Give it up again for Elliot while we work out tech stuff because I'm bad at tech stuff. All right, we good? Can you hear me? All right, cool. Yeah, no, Ellie, Ellie had a lot of good stuff to say. A lot of good stuff to say, for sure. There we go. Everyone can hear me now. I, uh, I agree about the blowjob thing. I don't know where that comes from. I get hand job, I do, as a concept. The blowjob, the blowing part, I didn't really understand. Uh, but I will say this, though, a lesbian hand job is an inside job. <laughs> Great, are we ready for our next comic? Uh, coming to us from Olympia, please welcome Cameron Minch.
14: all right how's it going all right awesome yeah um this weekend's been really fun this week's been fun i love coming down to san francisco it's my second time here uh and i have to pay homage to san francisco because last time i was here i i discovered myself in a very specific way i discovered that most of the world around me is a lot louder than my farts And that is very liberating. (laughs) I can't even describe it. Like, I feel like freedom. Like, that's true freedom when you can just fart and know that nobody's probably paying attention. But I think I've taken it too far. Because I'll do it at work. And, uh, like, I work in a restaurant. And... (laughs) So you know it's bad when I think I could just get away with it there, right? So uh, the situation where I realized this was going too far, I was at our POS system, punching in an order, and I'm facing this way, the kitchen's in front of me. It's loud, it's loud in here. There's a table like five feet behind me. And so I'm just punching in and I rip one And then i'm as i'm doing it i'm like oh that was kind of loud that was kind of loud i was like it's loud up here but like down here i don't know how loud it is for them i don't know how loud the music is that they can't hear my ass cracking like (laughs) so now i have to watch myself i have to be careful where i do a toot I was talking to a career advisor. I got like two free consultations with this career advisor. And she, on our first one, it was a phone call. She asked me, where do you see yourself in five years? And I said, hmm, uh, with a camper van and some goats. Like yeah, <laughs> and she's like oh that's that's really interesting that's really interesting and you know she's like you're you're a waitress in trying to be a comedian, I think you're on the right track <laughs> on the right track <laughs> not sure how much I can help you never called me back, uh, never got that second second meeting with her <laughs> Uh, I work at a restaurant. I always feel like I'm one bad customer away from being, like, reassigned to Dish Pit. You know, it's like always that close. Uh, just dealing with people, I feel compassion working as a waitress, and then I also don't. Uh, had this weird situation the other day, where I was just like, God damn people. Uh, whereas, you know, restaurants get busy, you take down names for a wait list. So I was taking down names, and this guy comes up, and I asked him, name? And what I thought he said was, Mary. And so, so I posed it as a question. I said, did you say Mary? And he said, no, I said Barry. With a B. he's all snooty, but I was like, do I look like a Mary? He said that to me. I was like, you're acting like an insecure cunt, so. <laughs> I don't know. It's like I'm that close to saying something out loud. Uh, no offense to anybody named Mary. It was like, <laughs> but He was about to pop that berry. Uh yeah, I don't. I won't quit my job because I don't think I'm suited for anything else. I was in a job interview uh, for like an office job, and they asked me, uh, like, what are some problems that you've had at your previous job that you know you had to work out solutions? Give us some solutions that you had to do to fix problems. And I was thinking about. It, I was like. This wasn't at my job, but like when I was a kid and I had to pee, I'd crouch down and I'd hold it. I'd shove my heel in my crotch so that I wouldn't have to go to the bathroom if I was doing something fun. And when my friends asked me what I was doing, I always told them I was thinking. So that's the solution to a problem that I had. (laughs) What I should have told them was, uh, one time I used to clean houses, and sometimes I'd get high before I go to work. And this one time, I got high, and I got very paranoid because I started thinking that the people I was cleaning for were like hiding messes in specific areas to see if I was like a really good cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> and if I didn't find the mess, then they would fire me. And I started thinking this because I I looked behind a a door and there was a dead mouse and I picked it up and the fur was sticking to the floor and so I thought that I'd forgot to pick that up the last time I was there when I was also high and so I was like did they just leave that there for me to discover? And, and so I just never got high after that. I was like, I can't afford to leave dead animals around. Uh, this is my job. <laughs> I like drugs. Uh, I like acid a lot. Acid's my, my favorite. Um, I remember my first acid trip. I started watching like documentaries, like sea documentaries. Ocean documentaries are so fun when you're on acid. Because seahorses never look so pretentious. <laughs> I'm just floating around all fancy, kelp. I don't know. They're great. <laughs> uh, I also, when I when I was on acid, I looked in the mirror. And when you when you're high like that, you get like the visuals. Everything starts looking real wavy. I was looking in the mirror at myself, and I noticed my skin was moving. I was like doing weird movements, and I was like, oh my god. I'm like a living organism like my skin is alive it's beautiful it's like always changing and then I was like I shouldn't wear makeup I shouldn't wear I shouldn't be putting that garbage on my face on my nature I was like having this revelation about my makeup not doing that and then so I was like I will never wear makeup again after that obviously that's not true Still wear makeup because I don't want to look sick all the time. <laughs> so acid will have make you have those thoughts, and then you, and then it's like pointless afterwards. So keep doing drugs. <laughs> uh, I'll leave you on. How much time do I have? Two minutes. Okay, cool. I'll leave you on this. Uh, comedians like have an origin story. I feel. I'm not really sure where that happened for me. Like, I grew up middle class with supportive parents, so it's like, this doesn't make sense why I'm here. Um, but I was thinking, like, what could have happened in my past that made me be here today? And I was thinking, oh, yeah, uh, when I was eight, or my great-grandma, uh, she committed suicide when I was eight, right? No one, but no one told me till I was 18. But I've known <laughs> since I was eight. Silence. Uh, <laughs> yeah, pretty. It's a bummer, isn't it? <laughs> I was just like, why am I here? <laughs> like, it's probably that because I rem- I remember the when I d- found out, like I was eight, I was coloring at the kitchen table, and I overheard my mom talking to my grandma, my other grandma, her mom, uh, and she. My grandma was just like, "Do they know she killed herself?" But like, not in a very hushed tone to my mom, and my mom's like, "No, don't, don't say that." And so, like, I had to continue coloring, like, be all stoic about it. It's like, I didn't hear anything. But I, then I was thinking, was like, is that how my mom planned on telling me at the time? Did she was like with my grandma? She was just like, okay, kind of say it a lot, like, pretty loud, but like not too loud. And if she and if she asks us about it, then we'll address it. But if she doesn't ask us about it, then let's just not touch it. And so for ten years, I never asked, and so I just had to rationalize suicide that entire time. Uh, but I remember the first time I talked to anybody about it. I was in fifth grade. It's so like five years later, not five years later, like two two years later. Um, fifth grade. I was at a sleepover with a bunch of girls that I didn't know. Like that was the first time meeting them, and we were all like sharing our secrets and stuff. And I was like, "Hey, you guys, want to know something fun about me?" <laughs> And so I told them about it, and then I never saw any of them ever again. (laughs) Because they probably went home and they were like, mom, dad, what's suicide? (laughs) And they're like, don't talk to her (laughs) ever again. It's not a happy thing. (laughs) Okay, well this has been fun sharing with you guys. Thank you so much. Have a good show. Give it up for Cameron.
1: Give it up for Cameron. Suicide, huh? That's how we're going to end this. Let's uh, let's try to bring it back up. I think my girlfriend's listening on the radio, so I'm going to get some brownie points right now um, and talk about her. Now, I actually, uh, I do have a hot girlfriend. I have a hot girlfriend. She's beautiful and gorgeous. And I know this because I get to see her every day. Uh, but I also know this because straight men at bars like to tell me all the time. They always come up to me and they're just like, "Man, how'd you do it? How'd you get a chick so hot? What's your secret?" That's all they all sound to me, um, even in Louisiana. And I'm like, "Dude, I don't know. I don't know. Like eye contact and respect. Like, I don't know. I don't know." People think though that straight men—they think like lesbians are where your enemies. Straight men, you're not our enemies. Lesbians know that straight men aren't our enemies. Uh, the only enemies that we have are fake nails and unexpected periods. <laughs> Yay for period jokes in a room full of men. Cool. Cool. I'll uh, also have this in a room full of mostly dudes. Uh, we have any cat ladies out there? Yes, cat lady. Thank you for leaving your house. Thank you. I know it was a hard decision, but your cat is in the same place, licking the same place. It's fine. It's fine. I have three cats. I have three cats. I, I, love, I love my babies. I would do anything for them. My oldest cat needed dental work, right? $700 to get my cat's teeth fixed. It's not a fucking joke, $700. Get my cat's teeth fixed. My best buddy is like, isn't it only 50 to put them down? <laughs> Guys, I would never do that, I paid it. I'm a lesbian, they're all I have sometimes. <laughs> they're all I have, they are. I um, Yeah, no, my youngest cat, my girlfriend, and I just adopted him, his name's Earl, he has one eye. Uh, my middle cat, Sophia, also has one eye. Um, and then Bella, the oldest cat, has two eyes and she's lording over all of them. <laughs> Uh, So I have three cats with four eyes. Uh, So I'm pretty sure I'm starting a coven. (laughs) Pretty sure that's what's happening. And you don't have to be a lady to be a cat lady. Every time I ask that, it's ladies that answer. Anybody can be a cat lady. Perfect example, my stepdad, total cat lady. Stepdad's a total cat lady. He's totally okay with me calling him that. He's just happy I stopped calling him the asshole who ruined my family. All right, are we ready to get our next comic up here? I've seen this guy perform all throughout the fest. He's awesome. Please give it up for Edzo Mack.
15: How the fuck are you guys doing? So if this is your first time at one of these shows for this festival, each show is based on a theme for the night. And um, the theme for this show was My Alternative Life. And it was sponsored by Rainbow Grocery Store. And I might have misinterpreted this theme because I was like oh god this is like it's, it's sponsored by Rainbow this is all supposed to be like about living your double life of being gay and something else and I'm just going to plow through with that material so we're going to go with it <laughs> So, we're going to pretend like this is a gay-themed show, because in the fucking description, it says something about, like, jazzing your live-up with Sparkle, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah, glitter shooting out my asshole. Fuck yes, this is my show. I signed up for that shit right away. I was like, the gayest show in the whole fucking festival. This will be, this will be how I close my shows off. Perfect. So, we're going to go about my alternative gay life, and you guys are going to fucking love it, right? Right? Yeah. Eat that. Shit up, which means something else amongst my people. Um. <laughs> so, um, I am, I am, uh, I have a confession. I am an elementary school teacher. Yes. Yeah. Molding. Yes. I um, I teach art. Um, by day, molding young minds. By night, on the hunt for Red October. That is for you movie buffs. That's a big black submarine full of semen. Preferably driven by Denzel Washington, even if Gene Hackman has to watch. I don't mind eye contact. I don't mind at all. Um, And um, it's funny how being gay pops up in the classroom and you think it never would. Um, Just last Friday, I was texting um, our secretary, our head secretary, and I'm sending her what I thought was a video clip of Liam Gallagher from Oasis being interviewed by five-year-olds. Really funny clip. They started asking him in cute British voices, uh, so what did you do with your anger issues? But when I copy and pasted that video, I apparently had copied and pasted a different video just before that. And the video I sent to the head secretary of my elementary school was a dirty ass gay bear porn. (laughs) I wish I was making this up. Uh, Let me describe it to you. So it's early in the morning and she's surrounded by parents and she's getting excited and said, I can't wait to open this clip in the office. And um, the image that pops up on her, first of all, um, I had read somewhere, and I'm sure it's a fucking urban legend now, that if you send a text on your iPhone and it's not something like before the transaction goes through, if you just shake your phone, it cancels out the text. I don't know where the fuck I read it. But in my head, this is what flashes through my mind. So I pop up out of my bed and I just start fucking shaking my iPhone like this. Like, dear God, no. (sighs) It didn't work. Just to let you know. So um, what was sent to her... Um, and the image that popped up was this hairy, buff, attractive guy. And um, it was a POV scene, which the breeders in the audience, you men, you know what that is. That's where the 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 images of the male from down below and the girls looking up as if, so you could imagine it's you there as you're watching the video. Oh, yeah, it's beautiful, right? And so it's, it's this guy gripping this dick. And then he has... <laughs> And he's looking up at the, at you, apparently. At you, looking up at Nadia, the secretary. Because <laughs> apparently Nadia has a really big dick. And his, his free hand is like... Like, like at this, the end of The Little Mermaid when um when ursula the sea witch is getting turned back into ursula and she's ripping across the deck that's what it fucking looked like and she he he has his hand like gripping the abdomen of apparently nadia and just looking up like fervently looking getting ready to suck dick Oh yeah. So I was super excited. I sent it to my secretary. So I text her, Oh Jesus Christ, Nadia, please, whatever you do, don't open the text just before this, especially in the office. And then I call her because she doesn't respond to my text, and she's like, Atsel, how's it going? I was like, uh, have you checked the last text? And she goes, No, but I'm so excited to play it. I'm like, no, bitch, please don't. Like, seriously. Don't fucking play. She's like, why not? I go, it's not Liam Gallagher getting interviewed by five-year-olds. She's like, well, what, what is it? And I go, it's dirty gay bear porn. <laughs> she, she goes, oh, oh my. And then she cackles so hard you can hear the echo through the phone. And then she says, which I was not expecting, well, is it good? <laughs> yeah. And I was like, bitch, my good and your good are two different goods. They're different good planets. We live on different planets of goodness. And she goes, well, I don't know, that guy looks pretty handsome. He's kind of strapping. I think I'll watch it later, she said. I'm like, And she's whispering it because she's confessing it in the fucking office while surrounded by parents. And I said, if your, if your husband walks in on you watching that shit, Tell him Miss Chesnick fucking sent it to you. I hate that fucking bitch. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> thank you. Um, being gay doesn't uh, pop up in the classroom a lot either amongst my students. And not, it's not my fucking announce to my third graders um, or my fourth graders or my fifth graders. Um, but it came up, or at least I thought it did the other day when one of my sixth graders raised his hand. I was like, yeah, Aiden, what is it? And he's like, Mr. Mack, what team are you on? I was expecting a little more of a reaction. (laughs) I thought he was asking if I was homosexual. So in my mind, I go to a fucking dark place. I'm like, oh, Jesus, fuck. And I teach a nap. I was like, what motherfucking Jesus freak parents set this little shit up for this? I'm like, I'm going to lock the back door, start fucking donkey punching one of these little motherfuckers at a time take two of the Spanish-speaking mijos with me, hop in my fucking Scion, I'll be halfway to Mexico before the principal finds out. (laughs) Use one for translation and one for collateral. And (laughs) then it dawned on me, each grade is broken up into different teams, two, and they're named after schools, they're named after colleges, and you're supposed to stay in the same team for a few years, and it builds community up. So it dawns on me, I realize I don't have to fucking kill 37 sixth graders. And, um, <laughs> and I know, I realize that every day. Because <laughs> I'm an amazing teacher. I'm going for teacher of the year, actually. Um, and, and so, <laughs> and so I, I, I joke, I'm joking with Aiden. I'm like, well, what team do you think I'm on? And he's like, you're a bear. <laughs> Which for um, the breeders in the audience, amongst my people, I am a bear, corn-fed, lack of neck, a little hairy. So I'm, I'm leaning over laughing, and because I'm laughing so hard, Aiden thinks he guessed it, and so do all the other sixth graders. So one by one, they're popping up out of their seats. They're like, he's a bear, Mr. Mack. he's a bear. We guessed it, he's a bear. <laughs> so I'm thinking, I'm like, oh, fuck it, let's go with this shit. I was like, you know what, Aiden, I am a bear, and you know what, guys? We're all bears, and you know what we should do? One weekend out of every summer, we should just get together with other bears. Just hang around with only bears. Go up to the river, like the Russian River area. Hang out with other bears. We could just lay around and be lazy. Just lazy bears hanging out with only other bears. The other team amongst the sixth graders, the Oregon Beavers. <laughs> so I said, and absolutely no beavers allowed. They're wet, they're smelly, and they still all are wood. <laughs> so I had them marching around saying, no beavers allowed. No beavers allowed. And I I am a good teacher, I <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> I, I swear, you would, I am. And so, of course, um, being a good teacher, we cross-curriculums, so we spent the last 15 minutes taking measurements of each other for assless chaps and vests. <laughs> um, so, uh, <laughs> on the theme of my alternate life, <laughs> which is what this whole show's about, right? So, I... Um, I moved back in with. I'm 37 years old. I moved back in with my mom to help her out financially, um, and so the only time I could really hook up with guys is at night. So I, um, I, <laughs> I sneak them in like by the cover of night, like the Underground Railroad, like Harry Harry Tubman and the <laughs> Rail Me Railroad. I don't fucking know. <laughs> and, and, and so. <laughs> A couple months back, and I—it's like an arrested development. Like I—I I didn't go through all that shit you straight dudes did in high school because I came out later in life. I was a late bloomer, and so I'm doing all that nasty shit that you did in high school now in my 30s, like you're supposed to. And so, um. I, I was in the back seat of my car because I was like, oh, fuck, let's just fuck in the backseat of my car. Like, that's, cause I'm thinking that's what you breeders did in high school, right? And so I was getting grudge fucked in the back of my car like I owed the fucker money <laughs> while my mom and my brother and my special needs aunt watched ancient alien theories in the house. Thank you so much. My name's Edsel Mack. Have a good night.
1: of the Year, Teacher of the Year, Edsel Mack. Thank you guys so much for sticking around for this show. We have plenty of more to come. Thank you to Pam and everyone at Muni Radio for making this happen. Thank you, Amanda G. Thank you all.
7: LGBTQ friendly to sports. Vinyl to gutter punk. FM has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit face McRat.
8: <laughs> hey everybody. Listen to the weekly review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m.
9: to offer.
11: It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army skincare. Boy, they are just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base ten times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you properly feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join the Green Army.com. <laughs>
12: Uh, every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, for some of the best local bands in San Francisco, and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m. Rock and roll only night of the week. We have a five dollar cover charge, always five bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m. Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, two to two. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got whiskey Wednesday, tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special: a shot of bullet bourbon and a can of California Lager for eight bucks.
0: Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh yeah,
7: it goes down.
0: Come smoke with your boy Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the
13: best in-store.